0: study, we come to a prime passage for understanding the role and work of an elder. Now, this is something that uh, we discuss regularly because every year we affirm elders for our congregation. This is really nothing new, but it's good for us to go back again to the Word and to rethink exactly what God has done and how He has structured the church and how He expects us to function within it. The whole passage that we come to in uh, Acts 20 this morning is Paul's farewell address to the Ephesian elders, and Luke does refer to them as elders. He notes that Paul called the elders of the church to himself. And the word that we translate elder is presbyteros, from which we get the word presbyter. It refers to an older man or one who is spiritually mature. But in verse 28, Paul's going to refer to the position and work of an elder using a couple of words with which we're also familiar, but words that, that tend to confuse us because of the way they're used in some churches and denominations today. The first word is episkopos, which means overseer, from which we get the word episcopal, meaning to be ruled. By a bishop, and then he notes that elders are to poimenoi the church, which means to act as a shepherd, from which we get our word pastor. So it becomes quite obvious from this one little bitty passage that contrary to current usage in the New Testament church, elder, bishop, and pastor all refer to the same position. And that position is the one we most commonly refer to as elder. The elders were the overseers, the shepherds of the church. And it's also important to note that there were overseers, shepherds in the church. You know, in a day of uh, egalitarianism, when It's felt that everyone is equal and should have equal say. Some believe the church is better off without overseers. The decisions should be made congregationally. And when we were first organized some 42 years ago, decisions were made by congregational voting. Once it was recognized that Jim Sexton and Howard Wooters were biblically qualified, and had in fact served as elders in other churches before CCC was formed, we became an elder-led congregation. Our desire was to follow the New Testament pattern. And churches in the New Testament did include elders who were charged with the responsibility of overseeing and pastoring a congregation. And for good reason as we'll see in our text for today. Because, according to Paul, the wolves are coming, and someone has to be on guard. We're in Acts chapter 20, just the first part of verse 28. Again, Paul is speaking to the elders at Ephesus, and he says, Be on guard for yourselves and for all the flock, among which the Holy Spirit has made you overseers. We must never forget that the church has spiritual enemies. Now, the kingdom of God is for now located in the midst of a hostile world, a world that's controlled by worldly forces of darkness and spiritual forces of wickedness. Peter even warned us within the church that our adversary, the devil, goes about like a roaring lion seeking whom he may devour. So the church must be on guard. It must be on the alert. And it needs watchmen to sound the alert. We talked about the responsibility of the watchmen last week, those watchmen In the church are the elders. And being a watchman is a big responsibility, and it's dangerous work. You know, those of us who grew up on westerns surely noted that in an attack on a fort, it's the watchman in the tower who gets shot first. (laughs) Now, obviously, Paul didn't watch westerns, But he did warn the elders to guard themselves because they are prime targets. You know, Satan is going to work overtime on the leaders of a church. If he can take out a shepherd, he can usually take out a lot of sheep with him. So elders must be spiritually strong, prepared for battle. They must know how to wear and use the armor of God that Paul detailed for us in Ephesians 6. They must be girded about with truth, be secure in their own salvation, and be ready to share the gospel. They must wear the breastplate of righteousness given to them by Christ, And stand firmly behind the shield of faith. They must know how to use the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God. Elders must always be ready for battle. Not boardroom battles, but spiritual battles. They must be on guard at all times, knowing they are prime targets of the devil and realizing they must be ever vigilant to protect the flock of God, among which the Holy Spirit has made them overseers. And be sure to note that it is the Holy Spirit who makes some into overseers. An elder or an individual doesn't just simply decide to become an elder. Nor does a congregation make someone into an elder. The Holy Spirit makes elders. How? Well, first, by equipping some within each flock with the gifts necessary to become overseers of that flock and by then giving them a desire for the work, which is very important. For as Paul notes, if any man aspires to the office overseer, it is a fine work he desires to do. So the Holy Spirit equips a man with the gifts necessary to serve and then gives him the desire to serve. Those two things go hand in hand before the Holy Spirit can make him into an elder. And then when a man expresses that desire and he demonstrates it by taking on teaching, and shepherding responsibilities in a church, it is then recognized who He is. When His life is examined, and we understand He meets the biblical qualifications outlined in 1 Timothy and Titus, and He's doing the work of a shepherd within the congregation, the congregation then simply identifies and affirms Him as a man the Holy Spirit has made into an overseer. It took us a number of years to understand that whole process. But I think God has blessed us because we've gained that understanding. The men who have been made into elders and then identified as such are officially given the responsibility of guarding and shepherding a flock of God. After reminding the Ephesian elders that God has made them overseers of the church, Paul goes on to note that they are to shepherd the church of God, which he purchased with his own blood. You know, an elder's work can best be pictured as a shepherd tending his flock. And not many of us have experienced that firsthand. I had a couple of goats. I've never had any sheep. But we understand the role of a shepherd when we go to the 23rd Psalm. So we're going to look at it, and of course we're going to have to read it in the King James Version, the one most of us grew to love as children. It begins, the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. Now, I've got to stop there for just a moment. Because some have apparently misunderstood that. Now recently someone said that for the longest time they thought the writer of the 23rd Psalm was saying he didn't want the Lord to be a shepherd. Obviously they had misunderstood what David was saying. When he said the Lord is my shepherd I shall not want. He wasn't saying he didn't want the Lord to be a shepherd. He was saying with the Lord as his shepherd he was well provided for. Our relationship to him, but it's also the description of the work of an elder. For a shepherd leads, feeds, and protects his sheep, he offers direction and personally leads those in his charge down the right path. He feeds through teaching, fulfilling what Jeremiah promised God would do for us in Jeremiah 3.15, when he said, Then I will give you shepherds after my own heart who will feed you on knowledge and understanding. And he protects from the evil one who constantly attempts to destroy the flock By picking off one sheep at a time, or by splitting the flock and decimating the herd. Being a shepherd of the church of God is a big responsibility. And Peter's admonition to elders in 1 Peter 5, 1 through 4, pretty well summarizes what they're to do and how they are to do it. He says, Therefore, I exhort the elders among you, as your fellow elder and witness of the sufferings of Christ, and a partaker also of the glory that is to be revealed, shepherd the flock of God among you, exercising oversight not under compulsion, but voluntarily, according to the will of God, and not for sordid gain, but with eagerness nor yet as lording it over those allotted to your charge, but proving to be examples to the flock. And when the chief shepherd appears, you will receive the unfading crown of glory. An elder shepherds best by example. He doesn't lord it over the church He doesn't try to force his will, or even the will of God, on those in his charge. He simply teaches, practices what he preaches, and sets an example others will want to follow. He must never forget that the church belongs to the chief shepherd, the one who purchased it with his own blood it's not his church you know preachers have a tendency to say you know well that, that's my church and i think hopefully we understand what we're saying and or shouldn't be saying the church belongs only to the chief shepherd a church is under the care of shepherds but no church belongs to an under-shepherd. It's not his to do with as he desires or even thinks best. It's not his vision for the church. He's to strive for. That seems to be so popular today. The preacher's supposed to be the vision caster for the church. Well, the vision was cast a long time ago. Our job is to fulfill Christ's vision for the church. Now, the church belongs to God. And it's a big responsibility to shepherd a flock of God, to lead, feed, and protect it. And a flock does need protection because, as Paul noted, the wolves are coming. Verses 29 through 31. I know that after my departure, Savage wolves will come in among you, not sparing the flock. And from among your own selves, men will arise, speaking perverse things to draw away the disciples after them. Therefore, be on the alert, remembering that night and day for a period of three years, I did not cease to admonish each one with tears. Paul warned that savage wolves would attack the church from without and within. And they certainly have. Those outside the church attack the fundamental understandings we have that distinguish us from the world. The basic understanding of who we are That we are special creations of God made in His own image. They challenge our priorities in life and deny the reality of our eternal destiny. And then, through worldly temptations, many in the church are lured away. The wolves attack from without. But you know, some of the most dangerous wolves are wearing sheep's clothing, and they attack from within, even from within church leadership. When speaking to the elders, Paul noted that some of the wolves would come from among themselves. When that that hit me, I thought, my word. Is he actually saying to these elders, some of you are going to become wolves in the church? I think that might be what he's saying. And sadly, power struggles and personality conflicts can wreak havoc in the leadership of a church. And heresies, by their very nature, come from within the body of believers. So elders must be ready for the wolves, the ones that attack from without and those that stalk from within the church. They must be ready, therefore, to exhort in sound doctrine. I know that's not a popular word today, but that's our job. Exhort in sound doctrine and be ready to refute Those who contradict it. For as Paul told Titus, there are many rebellious men, empty talkers and deceivers, who must be silenced. Again, that's probably not politically correct. And I certainly couldn't run for president for saying it. But that's the job of an elder. And when writing to (laughs) Timothy, Paul even named some from the Ephesian church who had to be silenced because of their blasphemies and heresies. How would you like for your name to be listed in God's word as a wolf within the church? Some were. See, God's not afraid to call out the wolves. Exhorting and refuting is not easy, but it must be done. So we need shepherds who are well-grounded in the truth, who have their loins girded with truth, and who know how to use the sword of the Spirit Who know the Word of God and are able to teach it. I thank God for good elders, for those who rule well by example, and those who work hard at preaching and teaching. We are so blessed to have elders who teach. They don't just meet together. And they don't just teach adults, they teach our children. How many churches have elders who work in the nursery and teach grade school kids? God has blessed us. God has blessed us. And Paul says those who work hard at preaching and teaching are worthy of double honor. Now, those who are paid... As preachers like that text because it may well indicate you ought to pay them good, but for those who are doing it solely on a volunteer basis, they too need double honor and respect for what they do. So let's make certain that we all do as instructed by the author of Hebrews when he wrote, Obey your leaders and submit to them, for they keep watch over your souls as those who will give an account. Let them do this with joy and not with grief, for this would be unprofitable for you. Now, the best defense against wolves is good shepherds and sheep that submit to their watch care over them. Sheep that yield to the will of the good shepherd and then follow the lead of godly shepherds. Sheep that heed the tearful admonitions of their shepherds and respond to the chief Shepherd who softly and tenderly calls them home into his fold.